I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. seems to get involved, doesn't he? I'm telling you, too many coconuts have hit him right on top of the skull. Well, I think uh, Anthony will be a great acquisition. He can do it all. Avery, whose show is this? Welcome, everybody, to the Lakers Lounge. I'm Anthony Irwin, today joined by somebody who uh, just absolutely bailed me out of a tough spot. Um, I'm going to stop saying anything about any... I didn't even say anything about a specific guest this time. I just... This show is guestless from now on, um, just so I can stop jinxing the opportunity that people might be able to come on the show. George Sedano, you're dead to me. Um, Sabrina Merchant is, <laughs> is instead on the show here doing me the solid of all solids. Sabrina, thank you very much for hopping on. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, first round of the playoffs has been super, super fun. And I really oh enjoy gosh. just watching it like as a fan with no real investment and how I need, you know, to work around it. So it's been great. <laughs> I was going to ask about that. Like, do you find, have, do you still have the itch? Like, do you still like, as, as this is going on, I know that you can tweet, so that's kind of a release valve. But do you do you like do you sit there and and like are you are you just uh, for me personally mm-hmm. in stretches over the last few years um, where I didn't have an outlet I was bothering Jen a lot with like <laughs> long form NBA takes so like anybody sitting next to you in that room are you just pelting them with NBA takes. I do text a lot of people during the game. That's (laughs) still happening. Uh, But no, I mean, I guess the fact that I still write about basketball, even though it's not this particular league, uh, makes it easier for me to, you know, get on board with just having, you know, this game to watch. (laughs) It would also, there were, there were some stretches where it was kind of nice though. Like I, I, uh, I found that, you know, during those stretches where I wasn't really talking on here about it, I had a lot more energy to just watch. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's so nice to just kind of sit back and I don't, you don't feel like you have to have a take. Yeah. You can just I say love, like, wow, this like, is fun. This yeah. Is cool. I love not having my laptop like right next to me. And like, I find myself like I get up and celebrate things. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. It's wild. <laughs> All right. What makes you get up and celebrate? What was, what was the last moment that, that like got you off of the couch? Oh, the Austin behind the back pass to Rui. That was the one. It was so yeah. good. It was so good. <laughs> I actually laughed one. out yeah. loud. I like. <laughs> I think Raj has watched that at least 153 times by now. Yeah, it's it was just a beautiful moment. It I mean, was unbelievable. I can't say I had the highest expectations of Rui Hachimura when he came over. Like, obviously, the upgrade from Kendrick Nunn to Rui was 
in and of itself a victory and the fact that like you know the lakers got a player who they could theoretically develop and you know maintain his contract status because they've got you know the opportunity to sign him to a new contract in the offseason but he's gotten way better over the last six weeks just like defensively i think yeah i don't know that like his positioning is so much better uh he obviously like still struggled with jaron jackson jr which like that's fine you know mm-hmm. i'm not going to judge people against the very best in our game but <laughs> yeah uh, I, I just think he's so much more like his instincts are way better than I thought they were going to be. And it's, it's been really fun to watch that have, like play out over the last few months. Yeah. Well, I want to talk about Rui. I want to talk about the Lakers in general. Um, I have to update everybody on, on whether you still think the Lakers have zero chance whatsoever at winning a championship. Now, given the way that some of things are, are playing out, um, I want to talk about the, the, the playoffs as a whole. Um, and I, I wanted to talk specifically about uh, Anthony Davis though. Um, and you, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not meaning to like pounce on something you said, but you said like, you don't hold it against Rui for not defending the very best that, that we have. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think you meant it in a general sense, like yeah. Jaron is among the very best. Yeah. Um, but I really found out over the last like week or so, as we get ready for award season and as, uh, apparently your, uh, your employer put out a poll, um, you know, asking various people around the league, including players, uh, some questions. One of the question that one of the questions, probably the question that, that drew um, the most attention. Well, I take that back. Most overrated got the most attention from me, mostly okay. because somebody just said the Grizzlies, which was just... the Grizzlies showed up as an as entity in several of the answers, <laughs> which I want to believe yeah. that it's different players who just kept bringing them up, but it's probably oh just my the one, you know? I hope it's just one person. Who do you think would be the one person? Clay Thompson. <laughs> he, he says the Grizzlies, and then he draws four fingers with it's, rings on them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The ringless King Grizzlies is what he's writing. the Warriors. That is going to be a very memeable uh, image of Chris, Clay Thompson. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's – I, I – I, I'm hoping it doesn't happen because I, I I need that series to go nice and long for whoever right. faces the Lakers. But but yeah, absolutely, it, that series has been just incredible. But um, yeah, the in in more serious sense, not serious, but like the 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 poll asked a question: best defender in the NBA. Drew Holiday gets a lot of the shine there um, as kind of the best perimeter defender who gets all of the best perimeter votes. And then from there, you have like a whole bunch of centers who split the vote at that at that spot. Mm-hmm. Except we don't get Anthony Davis mentioned at all um, in, in, you know, the, the, the percentage points of the poll. He got one vote on it. Jared Vanderbilt got one vote on it. Mm-hmm. And I saw what he did in game one against Memphis. I've seen what he's done all season with a Lakers team that isn't exactly a defensive juggernaut. And, uh, you know, it's wild to me that no mention really in the defensive player of the year uh, conversation when he played more minutes than the guy who won it. Mm -hmm. And then in this thing gets a single vote from his peers, which is, I think, interesting in in a very different sense but i think we're arriving at a place here where for a variety of reasons some of them logical anthony davis i think has a real claim as the the most underrated player in the nba yeah i was surprised that he only got the one vote among best defender because you know you and i were talking about this before we went online about 
how some of the polls have like a, a lower number of voters than others, but this one had 98 <laughs> votes. Yeah. So one that's about 20% of the league would you consider two-way guys. And to only get one vote out of that, like that means five people in the league think Anthony Davis is the best defender in the league. It's is, insane. It's wild because first of all, like he plays the most important defensive position. So he should already like get an extra yeah. boost just because of that. I I love watching Drew Holiday play. Obviously, I just don't think it's necessarily possible for a guard defender to have as much of an impact defensively yeah. as a rim protector. Mm -hmm. But like, I mean, the Lakers had real crap defensive personnel around Anthony Davis for the yeah. bulk of the season, right? I mean, we're talking three guards of six four and smaller, usually <laughs> playing alongside him. D wing Patrick Beverly. Yeah. And LeBron, you know, his defensive intensity during the regular season is uh, its not something that we don't really talk about because it's not really present, right? <laughs> like, yeah, especially while, like, it was, it was, it's bad generally. Like, because, mm -hmm. you know, he, he will just kind of like, oh, that sucks. I guess Luke Kennard's open. He did that in a playoff series. <laughs> like, <laughs> he did let Luke Kennard get a wide open corner three. <laughs> And then, in like, a playoff game <laughs> earlier this year, um, you know, when Russ was still on the team, that was, I think, when LeBron was the least engaged because he was mm -hmm. just kind of like, Look, we're gonna suck. I know what this yeah. looks like. They did, and 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 it's just like, try to stay healthy for as long as possible, do whatever winning we can while they can, mm -hmm. and and then hope that a trade happens with some part of the season left where we can actually chase something here. And that's right. how it kind of played out. But early on in the season, when you had LeBron playing like that, Russell Westbrook was abysmal defensively. Mm -hmm. um, and, and you know, they, they didn't have Vanderbilt yet. They didn't have Rui Hachimura yet. You had three, sometimes five, you know, three, two, and at one point, five guard lineups that were going out there. Um, and yet, like, the Lakers... I, I would still say when AD was out there, we're competitive defensively, and that's oh, insane. That's yeah. insane. I think the reason why Anthony Davis didn't get a lot of love for like defensive player of the year is because you generally want to be anchoring a top five defense if you're defensive player mm -hmm. of the year, and that was not what the Lakers were. I think they no. probably were about 12th, 13th, depending on like whether you look at NBA.com or Clinton Glass, and I can see why like season-wide you know, he's not getting the credit because – like he did have stretches where he was unable to play and where he was less effective. Uh, and then, you know, just the overall body of work, it's, I understand why voters wouldn't want to reward a player who is on a middling defense. Right. Mm -hmm. But like you said, I mean, there's so much better when Anthony Davis is on the court. <laughs> like yeah. he is just a destroyer of worlds. Like to borrow a word from our friend, Aaron, right. Like just the way that he's able to switch onto guards, the fear that he like, incites into drivers that are coming into the lane his ability to like contend with bigs too he doesn't get out muscled or anything uh, i don't really understand why there isn't more love for him as a great defender like the all defense voting is what it is like it's positional he's probably not going to be the second best center just based on the love that like brooke lopez and evan mobley Joel and at all are going to get right mm -hmm. but i mean i think there's a very reasonable case for him to be the second team all defense just based mm -hmm. on the fact that brooke played a lot more milwaukee had a better defense but yeah, I, I don't really understand that at all. Like, I understand the, like, the the jokes that are made at Anthony Davis's expense. I don't really agree with them. But, like, and parts of his offensive game are frustrating to watch. But in terms <laughs> of a defender, I don't really know what more you could expect out of the guy. And that's yeah. already setting, like, 
the fact that we have such high expectations for him and he meets those. So I, I'm with you. The, the poll about the best defender, I'm not really sure why there was such a lack of love for him. Maybe like this was conducted earlier in the year when he was out, but like I, I'm struggling with it. Yeah, I, I think the why is more interesting here than the results, right? The results are the results, you mm-hmm. know, and and and, and uh, it can be explained one way or another. Like you said, it depends on when the poll was actually taken. Um, like also, like you're saying, I think it's a really good point regarding the caliber of defense. The guys who were getting votes were get, you know, what defenses those those were coming from, mm-hmm. um, and and that's going to matter. And I, and I, I, I kind of feel like, look, I don't think NBA players get this poll and they go when they look at like roster construction <laughs> and they go like <laughs> somehow I don't necessarily think that they're going to go and, 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 and check on, on, I don't know, defensive war, D war, right. Or VORP or whatever. I don't, I don't know right. any of those stats. Yeah. Um, and it's probably and, just you survey a little guy and he's like, who's the toughest guy that guards me? Drew Holly. Yeah. Right. And there are right. more little guys than big guys these days. So. <laughs> that's probably true. I think that's 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 a really good point too. Um and and yeah, so like there's a lot that that would maybe lead to this playing out the way that it did. But like usually when you talk about players, um, there's a lot of reputation. Remember for a long time, like Kobe probably was on maybe like three or four, maybe even five all defense teams that he probably shouldn't have been on, you know? (laughs) And like, even in this one, you know, the goat conversation comes up, right? And Michael wins running away. LeBron also gets mentioned, but Kobe is the other guy who gets actual percentage points in the graph. Um, You know, like NBA players look at the world uh, a certain way. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of, of these results do kind of paint a picture on what guys around the league are, are saying about Anthony Davis. And it's, it's wild to me that, you know, you would think if, if I, like, let's, let's look at it this way. If AD was still in new Orleans, do you think he probably, he probably receives a few more votes, right? Assuming he was playing the same way. Yeah. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Yeah, and, and uh, you know... If- Obviously, the last couple of years, the way it played out, the Lakers have just been pretty bad. They've been, they haven't been relevant. Mm-hmm. And so that's also going to be a factor here. But it's kind of crazy Not that for somebody. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's kind of crazy that like somebody is talented. Like usually with NBA players, talent wins out. Mm-hmm. Like that's why, you know, that's why I don't really always trust them voting on, 
all-star stuff and on terrible answers, for you know, all-stars. awards and stuff. Yeah. Cause it, it, what it comes down to is like Hoopers. It's the, it's real Hoopers Twitter. And AD has all of that talent and mm-hmm. his, his impact matches that talent defensively. And it's kind of wild that, that he's not getting that talent respect. Do you have any theories on, on, on why that might be the case? I mean, I think there's a, a general perception that Eddie's a little soft. Uh, I think he's more open about pain that he feels, you know, like he doesn't really sugarcoat any of it. If he's hurt yeah. or, you know, struggling with, I something. can't move my arm. He talks about it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like we know what is happening with Anthony Davis. And I mean, you would think that players would have more sympathy for that considering all of the demands that it takes to play this sport, like in the current age and the fact that so many of them are sitting out more and more games just based on like, you know, protecting their health and things like that. NBA players calling anybody soft at this point. It's uh, it's weird. Yeah. I don't know. But (laughs) I think that's part of it. I think part of it is also that, you know, Anthony Davis came in with the highest of expectations when he was drafted out of Kentucky and Mm -hmm. he's had a very successful career. I mean, he was top 75, right. And I'm still not sure that he lived up to those expectations. So it's, kind of just like the pedestal that he was originally at, you know, was so high to begin with that it's hard to give him credit for what he's accomplished because he didn't meet that mark. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It, it, I think that context really matters. I, I really think there's a lot of like LeBron isn't going to get the backlash for the way that AD got to LA. Mm-hmm. Right. Like LeBron, even though LeBron helped facilitate it, it was very much like, like, sorry, spoiler alert for everybody listening, but like that was, that was, it was a a clutch thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, LeBron was, was pulling a lot of those strings too. And talking about players leaving the Lakers as they were sitting next to him in the locker room. (laughs) Right. And, and so like you had, yeah, you, you, you have that kind of going on, but like LeBron has so much respect around the league and like, let's be frank, a lot of power around the league mm-hmm. that I don't think players are really going to are, are, it's, I don't even think I need to add. I don't think players are not going to hold him accountable for the way that he pulls strings around the league because they know at any point he can pull the right string and have them moved across the country. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I think, uh, what, what that leads to is, any animosity that exists out there for the way things went down that led to LeBron and AD teaming up in LA, I do think AD is going to catch all of that heat. Mm-hmm. And and I think it's really, it's not just around the league with players. I think the media really feel this way too. Like you just don't, it's it's crazy to me that, that um, media, like uh, what's his name? Andy Larson right uh from utah right the guy who mm-hmm. covers the utah jazz yeah um he caught a lot of heat for giving walker kessler a vote for uh you know rookie, rookie of, the year. of the year okay. yeah and and that stopped paolo Bancaro from winning unanimously and that he, have they already announced it <laughs> or at that point i think Did at I that point it, it was unanimous. i think at that point <laughs> okay. it was unanimous and and you know maybe it, it, it i really hope it winds up being only Andy who votes for Walker Kessler. I think that'd be hilarious. I think it's um, a reasonable vote, but yeah. I, I don't. 
I, I, but, but like you see, so essentially the point I'm making here about Andy, I'm not, I'm not dunking on him for it is, is like, he put a lot of thought into it. Right. And like he, you know, based on what he looked at, Utah did a lot more winning this year. Walker was our, one of the better defenders, especially mm-hmm. at his position this year. Got as many uh, best defensive player votes as Anthony Davis in that crazy. anonymous player yeah. role. <laughs> yeah. And, and so like, um, you know, media in particular are going to pay a lot of attention and, 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 and really pay a lot of mind to their votes the way that it plays out. Every single person that I know who, who have a vote here, um, when I ask them about like, you know, which way are you leaning and stuff, I got to get ready for like a 15 minute answer because yeah. <laughs> they, they think about this stuff a lot. Uh, after, after Howard Beck was on the show, um, you know, a couple weeks ago or whatever, he and I spoke for another like 10, 15, 20 minutes afterward, because I wanted to, you know, pick his brain uh, about the defense that he made for uh, NBA voters or, or, or MVP voters and why he thinks that uh, voter fatigue isn't a thing. Right. And, and so like they do care about this stuff a lot. They think about this stuff a lot. And I'm sorry, but if you're thinking about this a lot and you're not landing at in any way, shape, or form on Anthony Davis being one of the most impactful defenders in the league, then there's a blind spot there. Right. You know, it doesn't really much make much sense to me. And I'm wondering if you think we might ever see a reversal of that. If we, if, if we might ever see a correction on that, where like, is it going to take the Lakers making a long playoff run to remind everybody, Oh yeah, that's right. Cause I saw a lot of that on Twitter. Oh yeah, that's right. That AD guy is really good on defense. <laughs> well, I do think it's, you know, fair that Anthony Davis hasn't played in a lot of meaningful games in the last three yeah. years, right? Like they did make it to the playoffs in 2021, but he gets hurt in game four tries to come out. I want to say for five or six, but like really doesn't do anything. Yeah. So he, he played, you know, five postseason games when we count the play-in. And then a year of just decrepit Lakers basketball, right? Yeah. And another two thirds of a season that was basically that he played a role in. Yeah. Like of I think the like, Russell is... thing, kind of like we talked about with LeBron and, and mm-hmm. the animosity there that exists there, AD catches heat for that too. Yeah, absolutely. So he's not faultless in the fact that he hasn't played any meaningful games in the last three years, but he hasn't. And just getting back on the big stage, which is such a weird thing to say for a guy who plays for the Los Angeles Lakers and is on (laughs) national TV at least 35 times a year. Yeah, um, that that matters. So I do think that in a way, like him producing now, however long the Lakers playoff run happens to go, is like an investment in his his awards stature for next year. Because people are always including the postseason in their discussions when they're not supposed to. Like this is a regular season award that we're deciding on. But everyone always mentions that. So I do think that this is you know, inadvertently going to help his case for 23-24. I, I do really wish they would just attach regular season to all of the awards. Like regular season MVP, regular it season all-in. It is a regular season MVP. Well, yeah, but like Pete, but with the way that people talk about it, and also like when you say MVP, mm-hmm. like it, it, it holds more weight than just a regular season. Also, the regular season is clearly meaningless. Like, yeah. like... We look at this stuff, the fact that the NBA is trying to stick some tournament in the middle of it to get people like, hey, guys, we're still going in, like, November. Just a heads up. Like, <laughs> we actually start in October, not in yeah. February. I've always thought um, of October as, like, the NBA's soft opening, and then Clippers <laughs> is, like, and not Christmas is, like, their grand opening, you know? Have you ever been to, like, a restaurant's soft opening? I have not. So Jen and I and Avery accidentally went to one. Okay. 
out here. <laughs> um, there's this one spot that, like, a you know, about 15 minutes away from us. That for whatever reason, the building is like cursed. Since we've been here, there okay. have been four in this house. So in two years, there have been four different restaurants in there. Post COVID, okay. everything everything is like every everything else around it is steady. It's the only building that, for whatever reason, can't keep a tenant. Um, and, and, uh, so we go there one time and, and it was, it, at this point had just turned into a sushi restaurant and, you know, you can imagine in the middle of Texas, sushi's good. Sushi can be kind of hard to come by. Sure. And, uh, so I say to Jen, like, Hey, there's a new sushi restaurant. Let's go check it out. Um, see if it's any better than the other ones that we've been going to, cause it's just like, there is really good sushi, but you have to pay like crazy amounts for it. It's not okay. like California where like you can go to a, a mom and pop sushi shop, not spend $300 on a California roll and, yeah. and still get like really good sushi out here. It's just insane. You either get crap or you pay an, an insane amount of money for it. So I was mm -hmm. hoping that it would be, you know, somewhere in between. I don't mind spending a little bit of money on sushi. I don't want like cheap sushi is like actually terrifying. Um, yeah. <laughs> <Gas station laughs> sushi, right? so, so we go there and it was actually a really cute spot. Like, um, they, they had redecorated and it looked really cool. They actually made a chicken finger roll that like okay. they wrapped soy paper around and then like they, 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 you know, they had, uh, they prepped ketchup and a little soy sauce and, 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 and like, it was just it, it like it, everything about it was really cool. And I asked like, Hey, um, do you guys have nigiri? Cause that's usually what I go for. I don't really do rolls right, right. much. And, and the guy goes, Oh no, sorry, man. We're actually in a soft opening. I don't know how you guys are actually here. And I go, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh, you let us in. Like you, you sat us down. Like, I don't know. I don't know what the deal is here. And he goes, Oh yeah. Anyway, no, we don't have that quite yet. And I was like, so that was, I didn't, I didn't mean to say like, as like a flex, like we like accidentally wandered into a soft opening yeah, yeah, and I don't think they ever officially opened, um, somehow with that kind of bed, bed you know, table side manner from yeah, the, from yeah. the waiter, <laughs> it didn't go very well. But anyway, um, yeah, I, I, I find, I find, uh, I, I find this, this whole thing with AD fascinating and, and, and I, you know, part of why obviously, you know, for selfish reasons, I want the Lakers to go far just because I want the Lakers to go far. Right. But. Like, I really think AD is a lot more cognizant of this stuff than your average player. I think, like, he takes a lot to heart. Um, Harrison always says that he's probably his favorite person to, like, hear from, from the Lakers, and, and for favorite player to, to interact with from the Lakers, because he is a very thoughtful guy. Um, Kyle Goon, on, on, on the show, right after he left uh, for his next gig, uh, said the same thing, that, that, like, AD is just such an interesting, you know, nuanced, fascinating character who really mm -hmm. does think about the stuff. And I think like you mentioned him trying to play in that playoff series, despite like everybody could see he didn't have it. Right. And that had everything to do with street clothes being his nickname and the way that the NBA on NBA on TNT guys talk about him. Mm -hmm. um, and I really like, I, I do probably think he sees the results of that poll today and he's probably sitting there saying like, Walker Kessler? <laughs> like <laughs> No, I'm like I'm looking at this list and granted, you know, it's only like ninety-eight or whatever on the list. Yeah. Uh ninety-eight voters, but just 
like, I don't think Bam Adebayo is like a markedly better defender than Anthony. I don't think he's a better defender, no. first of all. I don't think Brooke Lovis is a better defender than Anthony Davis. Marcus Smart, no. for crying out loud, is not a better defender than Anthony Davis. Lou Dort no. being second is objectively hilarious. Yeah. Like, that's how you know a lot of perimeter players were voting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, getting guarded by that guy sucks. I don't like. <laughs> I'm sure it sucks. He's not a rim yeah. protector. Like, it makes a difference, but yeah. yeah. All right, let's uh, let's move on then. Um, I do hope, like I said, that the narrative shifts on AD because I think he, it matters to him, and because mm-hmm. like he's also really effing good, and I think he should be rewarded <laughs> for playing this entire season. Like in terms of the narrative about him, I, all I've been asking for him, the thing that's been driving me absolutely insane with the AD experience the last couple of years has been this disinterest in playing this, the position that he's actually best at, right? He's wanted to be the power forward, and it's just, it's bonkers. And and I always kind of thought, like, okay, that's I mean, signaling to everybody. him starting at power forward, so. It, yeah, but, like, who start? where did he start in the uh, in the game-clinching game? I One th- game, pretty, Anthony. <laughs> One game. game six? I'm pretty I'm pretty sure he started at center in, in, in the one that they were up by 40 in. Anyway, um, <laughs> like a just a fantastic regular season team playing, you know, like they actually cared about it with him at power forward. But yeah, mm-hmm. I can see your point. You, you and you and Darius are the only two people on the face of this planet who I feel like I have to argue this with. He's better at center. Like he just is the way the game is continuing to evolve. Yeah. He's definitely better at center. Yeah. And, but like to his credit, he played, I think a hundred percent of his minutes this year at center. And it's all I've been asking for. And it's all that the league with the, like you're talking about the direction of the league, the evolution of the sport is, is demanding him do he does it. He's very impactful doing it. And we're not seeing it like result in the way that the conversation I think should result in about him. And I, I I really think what it's going to wind up coming down to is, is the Lakers, you know, winning at least a series, depending on who they play in the second round too. um, and then there, like from there, he would probably have to play Denver and face up against uh, Jokic, and and I think that is finally when people start to like heading into next season, say, oh yeah, that guy, that guy's pretty good. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, it's just, it's just really stupid. It, it's going to take that. But, um, speaking of that kind of a run since the last time you and I spoke, the Lakers have won a road playoff game. The golden state warriors have lost two road playoff games. The team that I think a lot of people think would knock off the Lakers before they get to the conference finals. Uh, Denver looks incredible. So like that, that I think needs to be taken into account. Giannis has gotten hurt. He's going to miss or has already missed 
his uh second may miss game. game two yeah i don't know that he's officially ruled out yet but yeah i think they they called him doubtful okay uh, yeah last time i checked uh so that would potentially make the the matchup in the finals maybe a little bit easier maybe they face boston instead of him or maybe they play philly instead of him um both of those teams i think are quite a bit worse than milwaukee in my opinion mm-hmm. so the path potentially oh and and uh the team that the lakers are playing in the in their current series might be without their best player john morant right. might miss game two so i thought the last time you spoke or the last time we were on here i said i think the lakers have like a slimmer of a chance i think that slimmer is widened a little bit mm-hmm. at them winning a championship you shut that down i felt like raj i felt like it was just like, <laughs> here's my hopes and dreams and it was just like poof, that's it um <laughs> any any update on that front okay well first things first if you had to put a percentage chance on it of the lakers winning the title what what number are we ballparking here okay so i bet on it when it was plus two thousand it was okay. like a five percent chance right mm-hmm. um i think now we're, sit- we're we're sitting at like seven and a half maybe ten percent would be my guess okay seven and a half maybe ten percent all right <laughs> Uh, I am still at a zero. <laughs> so the gap is wide. You're so good you at me. crushing dreams. <laughs> you do it with a smile. <laughs> like, I'm not here to tell you that my predictions are usually right. Okay. You can mm-hmm. look at my bracket for March Madness and just laugh at all of the things I got wrong last month. But I'm Somehow still... Somehow you, you weren't alone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you look I know, at the right? final four. I don't think... I am... Uh... I'm not in the business of picking the Lakers unless LeBron looks like LeBron because mm-hmm. for everything that we just talked about with Anthony Davis, I don't think that he is a number one offensive player for you to win a title. I just mm-hmm. don't think that's his game. Like it relies too much on the Lakers properly featuring him, which can be a challenge sometimes yeah. um, getting the ball to him. Uh, and when he looks great on offense, like it's incredible. And like, uh, I know they have that Western conference playoff MVP award now. And had that existed in 2020, I feel like Anthony Davis would have gotten it for the first three rounds before they got to the finals. Like he was that good in the bubble, but yeah. I'm just not sure he's the number one option on offense. And for, you know, as many times as I have watched the Austin Reeves faster, we had I don't think Austin is that guy just yet. Yeah. So you kind of need LeBron to be that guy. And I just need to see more from LeBron before I give the Lakers a chance. I get that. Um, the the only the only thing here that and actually this is why i think right after the deadline or the soonest after the deadline that i could record with somebody um harrison and i spoke and i asked the question can the lakers win a championship that was way back then that was Mm -hmm. late february maybe early march and um and the reason i said yes was because i think that the lakers because of D'Angelo Russell because of Austin Reeves and because of LeBron have enough diversity um socially no I'm kidding but uh in <laughs> terms <laughs> in terms of creativity uh to it's to uh, have to European uh, players on this roster like uh, yeah, they, we had they, the they, Gasols and treated them very poorly and it's you know not dipped into that well since the Lakers are real hooper twitter like they, I know, right? <laughs> um <laughs> But they, but yeah, they, I, I really think that like, uh, D'Angelo Russell as your secondary creator gives a lot of pop, right? Austin Reeves as your tertiary creator. I mean, especially after the game one 
Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's go. That's, that's a good role for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and those guys being able to operate in those roles with the best player on the other team defensively guarding LeBron mm-hmm. really makes those guys better. So for me, I look at it like, yes, at some point LeBron is going to have to turn a corner. Yes. Like he, he can't right now in literally isolation and metaphorically. <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> that's yeah. I mean, literally, I don't mean metaphorically. Like it's, <laughs> He, he was guarded by Carl Anthony Towns on the perimeter and he was taking pull-up threes. And that's somebody not trusting his body. Either either he was exhausted because he had played 40-some-odd minutes uh, in, in, you know, before he got to late in the fourth quarter there mm-hmm. um, and into overtime. Or, or yeah, like he's just, he just had, doesn't have that step. And that, look, Carl Anthony Towns, fine player, all that stuff. Not exactly you know, Jared Vanderbilt on the perimeter. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I was that hoping is you'd a, take a more random name from the best defensive player pool. <laughs> I know, who, not no, exactly Andrew Marcus Nembhard Smart. On the <laughs> yeah. I, Marcus Smart's defense player of the year, like that's going to age really poorly. I think. I think it already has, but yeah. It, like, <laughs> that was that was the media getting that one wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, Howard. But like the, they, yeah, I, I look at, I look at uh, what, the Lakers secondary and tertiary creators can do in a vacuum, mm-hmm. not even counting that they would be going against guys that I think other teams might be hoping to hide right? Um, elsewhere. And I, I, I do think that that's a weakness that the Lakers can really exploit all the way up to a so- certain point. I think it's good in the first round. Obviously I think it's going to, I think they're, I think they're going to get out of this series against Memphis. So should, mm-hmm. should they stay healthy? relatively easily i think this is a five or six game series second series man trying to score with sacramento sounds exhausting seems exhausting yeah but like lebron if there's one thing lebron has always been really good at it's been taking the air out of the ball um and forcing the game to slow down and i don't know if sacramento can handle that like i i i've actually been pretty surprised at how bad the warriors have been at, at trying to slow down the game given how short their rotation is yeah, Which but it's not maybe their style of play. Yeah, I guess that's true. Like, yeah, <laughs> they're kind of like the like an older dog, basically. You know, <laughs> the, like like the an older dog once the family gets a puppy, and the older dog's like, "Oh hell yeah, let's great, let's go play, let's go play," and the other dog's still running around, and then eventually you look off in the corner, and the older dog's just like, "This sucks." <laughs> he never stops running. Um, and 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 yeah, like I, I I yeah, that's that's been an interesting matchup. I think against Denver, that's where LeBron We're needs out to be. Phoenix LeBron. and the Clippers. Yeah, well, okay. Phoenix for sure, maybe the Clippers. Um, Clippers against Denver. Denver has uh, historically done well with that matchup. Yeah, because Zubats has zero chance whatsoever against Jokic, and it's the whole package, really. But yeah. Yeah, and well, the one thing, yeah, especially if if Lou was going to continue to lean on Russ, like I thought it was funny the other night where Russ was like, he grabs two offensive rebounds late, and everybody's like, "See, see, he figured it out." Sure, he went three for nineteen or whatever it was, but look at Russ, exactly winning basketball player. Um, <laughs> it was, I, I somehow I don't think they're they're going to do very well if he keeps shooting three for nineteen. Um, but yeah, I I, I do I. Denver has been so much better than everybody in the Western Conference this year when they've tried. 
and we saw it again in game one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's going to continue to play out. So, and I would still take Denver in that if the Lakers play them in in the playoffs, mostly because of what you're talking about with LeBron. I, I do think yeah. at some point LeBron is going to have to be able to score in isolation and force a double team to come his way. And un, you know, if we get to a point where teams are okay guarding him on an island that's where the Lakers are really going to struggle. That's where right. I don't know what they know what to do. Yeah, I think you brought up an important thing in that the best defender is still getting LeBron, right? Like yeah. the rest of the Lakers are still benefiting from the fact that LeBron's reputation means you have to have Dylan Brooks guard him, right? Like you have to have Andrew Wiggins or Harrison Barnes or whoever the team's best wing perimeter defender yeah. is on him. He still earns that even if he hasn't looked as explosive or dynamic as Austin Reeves or even Dennis Schroeder recently, <laughs> so right? Like <laughs> weird to say. He hasn't. <laughs> he's he's no Austin Reeves. <laughs> so LeBron guy is all right, but he's no In Austin terms Reeves. Half court creation, right? He just doesn't yeah. have the same explosiveness. Yeah. He just doesn't. Yeah, you're right. It's just a funny thing to hear said. Yeah, out and loud. I like you know, part of me is really interested in this democratic offensive approach where you know the team can benefit from having, you know, multiple guys who can create at any given moment. But then I look at the history of title winners and they all have an apex predator killer. Mm -hmm. And I think only LeBron on this current roster is capable of getting there this year. Yeah. And I'm not sure he can get there when he still needs foot surgery. So that's where I land. I, I just looked over and Charles Barkley and Shaq were like, air humping so that was interesting but yeah i i'm telling you it was weird moment i'm not watching this yeah um yeah i i i agree that like hoping that the lakers versatile approach wins out against the history of champions right Mm -hmm. um that's a lot to hope for and and especially when that versatile approach is D'Angelo Russell and Austin Reeves. Nothing against those guys. Right. But it isn't like, like Dwayne Wade saw, when he was the secondary creator in Miami. We saw D'Lo crap out in the playoffs against this very Memphis team last year, right? Like, we haven't even seen the Lakers win two games. Like, we've been talking about this in our Slack for the past few days, how this is very much a play with their food kind of team, right? We saw yeah. how they came out against Oh, Minnesota. they're totally losing tomorrow or tonight. Yeah. <laughs> we saw how they came to. out against yeah. Minnesota, a team that was missing Jaden McDaniels and Rudy Gobert and Nas Reed and had just suffered the indignity of a public fight on their bench. And they (laughs) spotted this team a 15 point lead in the third quarter. Right. Mm -hmm. Like the, the pattern of behavior that we've seen from the Lakers does not indicate to me that they're capable of taking this seriously for long enough, especially because the tone has to be set by your best player. Right. And I know LeBron is trying to set a tone, but he can't do it the same way in his current physical condition. So, I mean, it'd be super cool if Anthony Davis rose to the occasion and was actually the alpha for this team. And, I think he can be the best player in a series, maybe not the best offensive player in a series, but like on balance, if you consider both sides, he can absolutely be the best player in a series in a final series. I definitely believe that to be true. It's just, you just need somebody to like score those baskets at the end and direct the offense at the end. And I, I'm glad that Austin Reeves and D'Angelo Russell were able to do it in this particular fourth quarter against a compromised Memphis team. But that's not enough for me to believe that they can do it against, you know, Boston or Milwaukee. Yeah. Until they do, and you know. Until they do, yeah. And then yeah. I'll happily eat my words, like by all means. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, the Lakers, the Lakers won. did better than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> That's always so funny that people hold again. Like they, they'll, they'll think like back when the Lakers were bad, objectively bad, and I was pointing mm-hmm. out that they were bad. 
uh, people would think like I was rooting for the Lakers to be bad. <laughs> like, no, my job is so much better. It's so much easier. More people listen when, when the Lakers are good. I haven't rooted for the Lakers to be bad since the end of the 2016 season, I want to say, when we were still, you know, trying to keep that pick. Yeah, um, yeah. I think 17 was the year where they went on that five-game winning streak at the end of the year for no good reason. <laughs> Yeah, that yeah. was the last time I rooted for the Lakers to be back. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much, Sabrina, for hopping on again. You got to, you, you have to check out her her coverage of the WNBA over at The Athletic. It's really good stuff. Uh, the WNBA just had their, their draft. Um, and uh, are the Sparks going to be, like, okay this year? Like, you know. I mean, maybe a playoff team. All right. Yeah. All right. Do they have a practice facility? Do they... <laughs> I don't know where they're practicing yet. That is uh, to be determined. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think that's, I think that's gonna how I'm gonna a- end every appearance of yours on the show is asking, do the Sparks have a practice facility yet? And we'll yeah. see where we'll see where they land. I mean, the business of the WNBA is a, it's a fascinating exercise right now, and that's one yeah. of the things that I keep writing about. So, did they? Uh, I did see that they're 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 working on getting charter flights as part of the new CBA. Ah, uh, so it's not a new CBA, but just. Uh, one of the adjustments for this upcoming season is for like specific back-to-backs and travel across multiple time zones, teams will have charter flights. So I think it's like a few instances over the course of the regular season and then every playoff game will have charter flights. Progress. Yeah. Progress. <laughs> Even though this is this coming on the heels of the, the, the women's national championship game outrating any number of, of men's sporting events. Yep. We're still talking about this as progress, but Hey, hey but they have charter flights at the college level. <laughs> Jeez. All right. Thank you very much, Sabrina. Anything that you want to plug though, before we get you out of here? I don't know. Just in general, you know, the WNBA season doesn't start until May 19th, but I'll be writing about, you know, the college basketball off season up until then and some WNBA preseason stuff at the athletics. So check it out. All right. Thank you very much. You absolutely bailed me out of a big spot. Sedano, I swear, if I ever see you in person, I will end you. <laughs> I'll see you soon.